Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Duval, welcome in to a preseason week three edition of the Jim Jag podcast. Jordan DeLugo and Jeremy Markoski here with you. Today we'll talk a little bit about the Jaguars' loss to the Saints. We've got a stock watch, which Jaguars players are rising and falling, trending in the right direction or perhaps in the wrong direction. We'll give some Jaguars fantasy advice uh, because obviously a lot of people have fantasy drafts coming up. And we will look at the Jaguars' preseason finale against the Cowboys. It's not too much to get into with these preseason previews, but we will look at that game a little bit. Jeremy, how you doing, bud? Doing all right. I wish we didn't have to talk about uh, the Jaguars-Saints game, but we do, and uh, we'll do it. But, man, it just kind of a little bit of a letdown. You know, we'll get we'll get into it, but I, I didn't feel uh, super confident or, or any better coming out of this game than I did last week. Are you kidding me, man? C.J. Beathard is the highest-rated quarterback oh, great. in the preseason. Oh, man, here we go. First-string <laughs> quarterback coming through in the clutch, man, against uh, their scouting guys. Yeah, I mean, he has looked good, though. I won't, I won't take it away from him. He has looked good. Yeah. He's looked better than the other uh, the other two guys vying for that backup option, so who knows? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff today. Remember to check out genjag.com to keep up with all the latest Jaguars news and analysis. You can find all our podcasts, all our articles, all that good stuff, jinjag.com. The Titans, nine players now on the COVID list. My goodness, Ryan Tannehill is among them. Just got released a few minutes ago. The Colts, uh, they also placed Quentin Nelson, all pro, perhaps the best interior offensive lineman in the game, and Eric Fisher on the COVID list as well. So some things trending in the wrong direction for some division rivals for the Jaguars with the COVID situation. Uh, you can take that as you will, Duval. But now it's time to talk talk about our takeaways from the loss to the Saints. Of course, the Jaguars fell 23-21 on Monday Night Football, but the starters could not keep up in this one. That score is not indicative of how the game went. Jameis Winston, Marquez Callaway, they just absolutely shredded the starting defense through the air, picking up two quick touchdowns, um, and that really just kind of set the tone for the first half of the game. Yeah, it, it was definitely a rough start. And, you know, my focus here on this game is more on the defensive side of the ball because, like you mentioned, they pretty much had everybody short of Josh Allen out there that we expect to be on that starting 11, uh, you know, come week one out there for that yeah, game. And the COVID. Yeah, and he was out with COVID, and, and that's going to happen. But outside of Josh Allen, you know, everybody that was out there to start that game, you expect to be playmakers. You expect that defensive unit to be uh, pretty much, you know, comprised of, of the guys that we're going to see on Sundays every week going forward. And if that's the case, then we have some serious work to do. Now, they were stout in the run game. They have been all preseason. We've seen that. I think we are improved there. But the secondary, you know, where, where we went and put the money with Rayshon Jenkins and Shaquille Griffin, it just it didn't do it for me, man. Like you said, you know, Marquez Callaway, who – coming into this preseason was maybe wide receiver three, four on, on the Saints depth chart overall. Obviously Mike Thomas is out and, you know, there are some things that are moving around in that room. No more Emmanuel Sanders, um, you know, and a new quarterback and, and things, you know, are changing there in New Orleans as well, but you couldn't tell. They came out, looked like a well-oiled machine. They shredded the Jaguar secondary. And, you know, if you're asking me, I, that's very concerning. It's very concerning to see a guy that you paid that kind of money to, uh, you know, get burnt like that it just, it almost kind of left you speechless. I mean, and then the senseless penalty, and we talked about it last week with Tyson Campbell and his ball skills, and he did not show them, um, you know, really kind of Shaq Griffin had a chance, even though he got beat to make a play on that ball uh, until Tyson Campbell came in and just, you know, completely screwed that one up. So you're going to have to see some improvement, uh, you know, this upcoming weekend in that department, you know, that we can't be getting shredded like that in the secondary. We fixed some of the run problems. We hope, at least from what we've seen, we can't go and have a huge problem in the secondary now. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, 
I'm not as worried about Griffin because, like you said, I do think that's a PBU if uh, Tyson Campbell doesn't get in the way there on the first touchdown. Second one, it was good coverage. I mean, that was just a perfect throw, and that's going to happen sometimes. Um, Winston was just automatic. Uh, First drive, Jaguars were not blitzing at all, and he was just taking what they were giving him. Second drive, they blitzed every drop back, and he knew what to do in that situation as well. He's ready to be their starter, and he obviously is going to earn that job, earn that right. And uh, he might, I mean, he might add some uh, uh, a facet to that offense that they haven't had with Drew Brees the last few years in that deep, uh, you know, just the deep passing game because he hasn't had the arm strength to do it. Winston certainly does, but... um before we get into anything else here, obviously got to talk about Travis Etienne. Pour one out for him. Awful, awful situation. Goes down with a foot injury. The list, Frank, top of the foot. He's out for the year. I just hope he can recover and get back healthy because this can be a devastating injury, especially for runners. I just feel really bad for the kid. He's a hard worker. Obviously, an amazing talent with his blend of size and speed and uh, versatility. So I just really hope for him and for the Jaguars, obviously, but especially for him that he can just get his career back uh, after, you know, losing his rookie season. Yeah, it's tough. And, and you know, unfortunately, it is his health that we're talking about. So I do want to tread lightly on that. I understand that, you know, it's an injury and, and things are unfortunate. And for him, it does set him back in his NFL development. But damn, man, can we not catch a break? Like this has got to be the most Jaguar thing ever, you know, like, man, are we cursed? Like what is going on? Every time we seem to be turning a quarter, making a break, something happens. And a couple things here, you know, first and foremost, at least, you know, and this sounds kind of, you know, hardened, but at least it's early enough in his career. And, you know, there, there's time, there's a chance for him to rebuild that strength. You know, he, he can do the rehab, it, you know, it, it's, it's so early on, we need him for the long haul. So, you hope that that gives him some sort of an advantage, you know, to be able to, to you know, recover, um, rehab, and come back next year stronger than ever. But we saw this with Dante Fowler a couple years back, first rookie minicamp, tears his ACL. I don't think he ever, you know, really got into the speed of things in the NFL. Your rookie season is is the most important season, you know, to get up to speed, to understand what the league is and what it is going to demand of you physically and mentally and to be set back that's a tough thing to come back from. So, you know, you you hope he can do that. The second thing is it was already in my mind, a questionable pick love Travis Etienne as a player, love what he is. He's dynamic. He's a playmaker, but at the time, and I've talked about this before, the pick just didn't make sense going for a running back. First of all, in the first round, which at this point, you know, in the NFL and where we're at in football, not a, a super smart pick in the first place. In my opinion, we've done it before. We've seen how it's gone, but it adds a little bit, unfortunately, in, in his situation, a little bit of shade on that decision now. Not only did you take a running back in the first round, which in my you know, general opinion was, was a, a position of strength for the team last year, but now you've lost him for the year. So anything that you wanted to use to defend that pick, it's gone now. We don't have him on the field. You know, he, he's going to be a weapon, but you know, it just, it's, it's, it's such an unfortunate setback for him, for this team, for this offense, and really for Trevor. Because that was one of the guys that we looked at and said, okay, he's obviously going to have immediate rapport with him, immediate chemistry with him, and, you know, now that's gone too. Yeah, it sure is, and we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe who can replace those types of uh, touches that you're going to get to ETN later on, but uh, we've got some more, more to talk about the Saints game here. Trevor Lawrence. He is the most important player in Jacksonville. He is the story every time he steps on the field. The stats didn't really tell you much, I don't think. It, it didn't really show to me the development that I did see. Um, he was making pre-snap reads at the line of scrimmage, communicating that to the offensive line, calling out blitzes and protections and all that. I thought that was really impressive. Uh, I thought it was really impressive that you saw his legs put on display a little bit with the PA rollout, uh, the one from the end zone rolling to his left side with the absolute just dart to LaVisca Chenault. There's not a lot of guys that can make that throw, obviously. And then uh, you saw another really impressive throw, uh, intermediate left side to Marvin Jones a little bit later on. And it wasn't a completion, but the one where uh, he's rolling to his left again and just kind of tosses it up there for Philip Dorsett, who couldn't go win the 50-50 ball. 
I don't know if there's more than a handful of football players or quarterbacks that can make that throw either. Um, Again, it was a very vanilla offense, but I saw what I needed to see from Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, you want to see the touchdown drives and all that, and that didn't happen. And there was some points left on the field with Josh Lambeau missed kick, obviously. But uh, is this a perfect game for Trevor? No. Was it much better than the stats indicated in my mind? Absolutely. Definitely. If you if you watched the game, you saw, you know, like you just said, the, the physical, just raw ability that he has as a quarterback, being able to move, being able to move around in the pocket. I mean, I think that's something that we haven't seen from our quarterbacks in a while. You know, just cement feet back there has been an issue. He was able to, you know, move around in the pocket, step up in the pocket, avoid sacks, make plays on the move. That you know, boot to the left, throwing across his body was an absolute dart. Like you said, great throw. The physical things that you see, I mean, are jaw dropping. There are very few guys who can make that throw. Um, and, you know, even with the jump balls, the 50 50 balls, as, as you were mentioning, even those, and when you saw last week as well against the Browns, when he threw that ball to Marvin Jones, they went and got the ball placement is so, so important. Go back and look at that if you guys are watching the game again. Go back and look where he's putting these balls. Yes, they're jump balls. Yes, they're 50-50 balls, whatever you want to call it. But he's putting them in a location based off the receiver's position on the field and in relation to the DBs to where only the receiver can go up and get it or has a better chance to go up and get it. Now, you know, yes, DBs can make plays on that ball, but the one to Marvin Jones specifically was over the defender's head, you know, with, with Marvin looking back at him, only he could make that catch. And, and he saw some of that. Phil Thorsett couldn't go up and get that. But again, the ball placement. Yeah, and if that's Visca, Marvin, they might make DJ, that catch. You've got a much better Yeah, definitely. I mean, he left, the, he left the DB get in front of him. Uh, you know, he, he, did, he wasn't able to fight back across the DB's face. But seeing Trevor roll out and make that throw and at least giving his guy a chance. Like you said, if that's a better receiver, I think they get in a better position and they, and they can make that catch. But the physical things outweigh the numbers. Now, you said it was a vanilla offense, and it was. And, and you're right. You do want to see the drives. You do want to see that kind of stuff. But this is a 1-15 football team. You know, we're not coming off a, a you know a decent year or, or a productive year where you know we had the luxury of being able to just you know not show a lot of things and, and who really cares about preseason? No, we don't have that luxury. We need to get going now. We need to be you know in stride and in season. Um, you know, we need to be ready for the season come week one. We don't have time to to kind of you know lag along and, and get up to speed by week four, or week five. So that's why I think the preseason and the way this offense moves the ball is so much more important for this team and under such a, a stronger microscope. We didn't have all five on the offensive line, so hopefully when we see that week one, the pressure is not there as as often, but we don't know. We've been talking about that all offseason. You know, are they going to be good this yeah. year in pass pro? We don't know. So when you have those question marks coming out of the regular season, given where this team's at and where they're coming from, it doesn't really give you anything to be excited about besides the physicals of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think that's fair. Again, I, I just... In this day and age with social media and us paying attention to every single practice and every single play from preseason games, we're just like hyper aware of everything that's going on. But it is preseason, people. Like the world is not ending. The Jaguars are not, you know, heading down a bad path right now, in my opinion. Everything is still good here. You have Trevor Lawrence, you have Urban Meyer, you have that infrastructure, the most salary cap space in football. Like, there's things to be excited about moving forward. I don't think the preseason is where you start to panic. Now, if things start going down the wrong direction in the regular season, that's an entirely different story. But there's nothing to be overly concerned about here in terms of the overall health of the franchise moving forward, in my opinion. Now, you want something to be concerned about? Josh Lambeau. He only made two of his three field goals in this one. Uh, his only attempt from 40-plus yards was from 43, and he missed it. He's now only made half of his field goals uh, during the preseason. So that's obviously not good, and I don't want to get too deep into that because we're going to talk more about Lambeau later, but that's obviously a problem there for a guy who's been the most accurate kicker in football since he joined the Jaguars. But on a positive note, rookies Jordan Smith, and uh, Andre Sisco, Jordan Smith being the fourth-round edge out of UAB, Andre Sisco, the safety from Syracuse. Those guys both looked really good yet again for a second straight preseason game. Uh, Smith was a monster against the run in this one. And then Sisco, he just continued to line up all over the field 
and execute, you know, from so many various different alignments. It's really impressive for both of these kids. Jordan Smith, he's been doing it against the backups. Uh, so he, he's proven that he belongs in the NFL. Now his next step will be to prove that he belongs on the field during the regular season. Yeah, and before I get into that real quick, you mentioned you know, a few moments ago the things that we have going for us heading into the regular season. You mentioned the salary cap. I'm really starting to get sick and tired of us not utilizing that. We have the most salary cap in football still. There are guys out there that can help this football team immediately. Mitchell Schwartz, David DeCastro, big Both of those guys, players. I'm not sure if they're now, healthy. And, and, even if, if they, whatever it needs to be, it hasn't been said. If they're not healthy, I get that, but we don't know that. There has to be something out there. The, the, the Steelers aren't just going to cut a guy loose like that. I, you know, I don't know if it was a cap thing. You're right. He may not be healthy, but again, if they're not on the non football injury list or the or the unable to perform list, I don't know if teams since they're not on a team, well, they're not be, gonna be they can't be designated, right? So, 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 so yeah. I don't know if they can't be designated for that. But either way, and maybe they don't even want to come here. I get that, but you just don't even hear any movement, any talks, or anything. And and it's not that I'm saying we have to go out and get those guys, but there are other guys that I did not name there who would make immediate impacts. And I'm just I'm I'm kind of sick of 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 the organization and and. It seems like there's a complacency, a feeling of complacency that you know we're going to make it work with the guys we got. However, time and time again, those guys aren't getting it done. But that's my rant on that. Back to the defense. Yeah, Jordan Smith, the sheer size of this man just absolutely is bewildering. When you have that size and that speed combo, if he can turn into a physical, you know, just machine, he's going to cause a lot of disruption in the offensive backfields and. His ability to go up and, and, and knock down balls on a scrimmage with that length would be a big plus as well. So I hope that he starts to progress and, and get some more looks uh, off the edge. I think he will. Andre Cisco, Swiss knife, making plays all over the place. I think he's really showing this team that he's a guy that you can't miss, a guy that you have to have on the field. He's going to make a role for himself on this field, you know, whether he's that, that strong safety, you know, in nickel and dime packages that, that comes down into the box and, and can sit there and lurk in the middle and make tackles in the box, then so be it. But he has to be on the field because he is a guy that's going to make plays. Yeah, I think he will be on the field. He's shown the ability to do just about everything you can ask from a player. So he's got to win that job, uh, in my opinion. Now, Walker Little, he was inserted into the starting lineup as Cam Robinson was a late scratch with an ankle injury. Little got bullied a little bit in this one uh, by by uh, Marcus Davenport and some of the Saints defensive linemen there. I don't think he looked terrible, but he definitely looked like a rookie, and I think it's time to put the him starting over Cam Robinson talk to bed. Yeah, and you're not surprised. you know. At least I'm not surprised. You still wanted to see – more looks and we got it. And so, you know, like you mentioned, we know now that he's not ready, but I would not be remiss to say that if any of those tackles, either of those tackles struggle, especially going into the regular season, that they won't give Walker a little look, especially on the right side, obviously more Jawan Taylor than than Cam right now with with the money and and the tag and and trying to see what you have for the future, but. And the level and the level of play, he is better than Jawan Taylor. He's been the league longer. Um, But I, I still would be remiss to see them slide walk a little in if, if we do continue to struggle. And I, I don't understand, and I get that, you know, it's a money thing and, and how you pay guys and all that kind of good stuff, but they don't do enough shuffling on the offensive line. Let Walker Little bang down inside. You know, if, if he's that doesn't have the footwork right now to be able to, you know, keep guys from, from beating him on the edge, because uh, he did that a couple times in the game and, and Trevor did a good job of, of maneuvering the pocket. We talked about that. Let him bang on the inside, hide that deficiency that he has, you know, not being able to keep up with the guys on the edge. I don't know edge. if he has the strength. He's six right seven, now. 330 pounds. If you can't, you know, if you, this is the NFL, you've got to have Being the strength. Real with you. I don't know if he has and the strength yet. Maybe down that, the But that, that's a problem in my eyes. This, this is the NFL. This isn't college. You know, everyone is on the same playing field. Anybody who gets to the league is a dog, is a guy. And you have to be ready to block anybody at any time. You know, bang him down inside. If his footwork's not great right now, let him go inside and bang heads. And if he can't move those big guys inside, especially when you have double teams and everything changes for a guard, you're not left on an island a lot. At the tackle position, you're left on an island, especially when those guys are coming off the edge, rushing C gap. You know, you don't have any support. But at least if you put him at guard, he's got some support. 
He can work double teams. It's not just him all the time. I think that would definitely benefit him a little bit based on what we saw. But I hate the NFL narrative is not shuffling guys around. If you're not going to do on the outside, we got to find a, a useful situation for you. And with his size, you're telling me that he can't be you know more useful than AJ can in the middle. Now AJ can's been a great run blocker. That I will say of him. I'm not a big AJ can fan, but he's been great in the run block. But I mean, just look at look at Walker Little. He's a freaking Bigfoot. You've got to find something for him to be able to do if if the offensive line is not getting it done up front. Yeah, and the Jaguars aren't working him at any other position other than left tackle right now, unfortunately. So it doesn't look like they're uh, ready to make a move like that at this point. Um, like we said, Josh Allen on the COVID list, so he'll probably miss the preseason finale as well. Hopefully he'll be good to go for week one. C.J. Beathard was on fire yet again. Led the team down the field, and he threw two touchdown passes. I mean, got the Jags within striking distance right at the end there. He, to me, has played a lot better than one Gardner Minshew so far. I mean, it's not close, obviously. Beathard's been the highest-rated quarterback in the preseason, and Minshew has uh, not thrown a touchdown pass and has thrown two interceptions and hasn't completed a super high percentage of his passes, hasn't been moving the offense. So, uh not great for Minshew, but Beathard looked amazing. He did, and he has been, uh, he's been one of the bright spots uh, definitely throughout camp and throughout the preseason. I know that in practice, he hasn't been a guy that's been ooh and ah, but in a game, in every game so far, the two that we played, he's been the best quarterback on the field. Not physically, but if you look at the numbers and, and you know being able to move the offense, he, he's been that guy. So I you know would definitely think that they are probably looking at that. You know He might be the number two guy. It definitely adds a little bit more value, I think, in, in what you can do in regards to flexing the position. You can keep a quarterback on the practice squad. I don't think anybody's coming for Jake Luton anytime soon. Um, you know, and, and you can still dangle Gardner Minshew out there uh, if you need to. So he just has a certain level of, of, I think, composure that Gardner doesn't have. Gardner is a guy who who likes to make plays on the move, make plays on the run, you know, make the plays when, when the pocket's breaking down. But C.J. Beathard's more of a, I'm getting the ball out of my hands. I'm not extending this play. I'm either getting it out or throwing it away. You know, he's very smart with the football. So I think he's been very, very impressive. And he's definitely given this front office a lot to think about. Yeah, he's been playing like a vet, plain and simple. And he's been accurate with the football. So it's been impressive for sure. Um, Following the game, the very next day, the Jaguars had to make their roster cuts. Obviously, with Travis Etienne going down, that's one player they don't have to worry about. But uh, they waived offensive lineman Derwin Gray, cornerback Jamison Houston, and defensive tackle Kenny Randall. No huge surprises there. I did think at the beginning of camp, Derwin Gray could have a shot to make the 53. But as time went on, it was just clear that they weren't giving him the option to play tackle. They were keeping him inside at guard. And uh, without... You know, at guard, there's just a lot of guys on the interior already. I thought he had a chance to maybe be better than Will Richardson at offensive tackle as the fourth offensive tackle. They didn't give him that opportunity. So uh, he will, you know, he's on waivers. All these guys are gone now. The Jaguars are down to 80 players. Now we're going to get into some stock watch here in just a moment. But first, big thank you to Bold City Brewery. Make sure to check them out at their downtown location location excuse me on east bay street and at the riverside tap room on roselle follow them on facebook twitter instagram at bold city brewery all right so new little segment here just to spice things up a little bit stock up stock down we'll start with down we mentioned this already josh lambeau he has only made half of his field goal attempts in the preseason so far today thursday august 26th I was at practice. He missed three field goals in a row from right around, around 40 yards out. Uh, that's ugly. You can't have that. This guy's normally perfect in practice. I don't know if he has the yips. I don't know if his hip that he injured last year is not holding up for him or what the situation is, but it, it's ugly right now. Uh, Josh Scoby went on 1010XL, talked about it a little bit. He said he's earned the right to you know, get himself back on track and, and uh, he'll work it out in the regular season. But, and I hope that's the case. I want Lambo to be the guy. I want him to be the Jaguars kicker, but I'd be maybe looking on the waiver wire 
free agent list right now if I was Urban Meyer. Just maybe bring a guy in for some competition or something. Yeah, I mean, kickers are, are, are funny people, man. It, it's all mental for them. And I think, you know, if if a couple – you know, things get twisted up there. It's really hard to, to bring it back. I mean, and that's for anything that requires, you know, just, just a mental clarity and focus. Um, it, it just, it boggles me that, you know, he could go from being so accurate, so perfect to having these struggles. Now, could the competition, the quote unquote competition in the beginning of training camp kind of, you know, twisted up his mind a little bit, maybe, um, you know, could he be having lingering hip issues? Maybe. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily time to panic yet. Um, you know, he missed a lot of time last year. Maybe this is part of, you know, getting back into things. You would hope he'd be back into it by now, but I think Scobie is right. He's earned the right to at least hold the job until, you know, he proves that he's a liability. Now, preseason practice, you know, get him out now. Whatever you got to do, if you got the yips, if, if you got to get, you know, yourself reeled back in, do it now. Once we hit the regular season and he starts, you know, becoming a liability then, then we can talk about, you know, doing some things, changing things up. I think if you bring competition in now, especially when a guy is struggling like this, especially when it's so mental for these kickers, I think that could really hurt him as well. But unfortunately, you know, I think these are probably some of the things that LA saw when he was out there initially a couple years ago that, you know, kind of led him to being cut, but Things are different now. He's just got to, you know, understand that he's Josh Lambeau. Like you said, he's been the most accurate kicker in the NFL for the last three or four years now. Remember that. Remember who you are and come back and bring it back and, and let's swing that boot. Yeah, I'm really pulling for him. Um, stock up. Tavon Austin. This is a guy that's been making a ton of plays. And with Travis Etienne no longer available, he's a guy that has the ability to carry the ball out of the backfield, get some of these short passes and make something out of them. Now, he did go down and practice today. He was able to get back up. but did not go back into practice. So, obviously, we have to watch that. But based on what we've seen in, in practice and in the game so far, this is a guy without Travis Etienne that has a chance, you know, if he if he's able to remain healthy, uh, has a chance to make an impact on this offense. Yeah, and I'm not too keen on that. I, I don't like that. I mean, Taven Austin is, you know, 30-something now. He, he's definitely gone through his career. He's the same guy. You know, he's just a gadget guy. He's a burner. He's not going to be out there, you know, being a real physical receiver. Everyone loves them. He does. He does. And it drives me a little crazy. That stuff <laughs> works in college. Doesn't work here in the NFL. If that worked, Tavon Austin would have been a perennial pro bowler and he would have been stuck on a roster his entire career. There's a reason why he hasn't. There's a reason why he's been a journeyman, why he's been bouncing around, why he hasn't seen a lot of action, especially in the last few years. You know, that stuff, it's not like he just found a diamond in the rough. You know, it, it, there's a reason why. So I understand that, yes, he's, he's looked good in the preseason and in practice. You know, he's seen a lot of backups and third string guys who he's going to outrun every single day, every single rep, because he is he is a, a freakishly fast individual, very shifty, has made some plays in the past. But there's a reason why he's here at this point in his career fighting to make a roster. And I think that still has to be said and has to be understood by Urban Meyer in the front office. This is a different game. The NFL is not college. This is different. So this is where you kind of look at some things and say, okay, I, I'm a little concerned about, you know, where he's going to struggle, especially in personnel. You know, we kind of had an idea, you know, maybe personnel was going to be something that took time for him to really understand and really kind of get the feel for it. And this is one of those instances right here. I understand why you think Taven Austin's stock is going up, but it really shouldn't be. We should really not have any you know, serious competition for him on the roster. Everybody that's in front of him right now, you know, I, I think is a better receiver, younger, uh, you know, and give you more things and more looks. You've got that guy in LaVisca Chenault that I don't think Tavon Austin is not going to supplant that guy. Yeah, you know, I agree with you personally. I don't think he is, you know, going to be a real guy for you. I don't think Urban Meyer agrees with either of us. I think he sees a lot of what he wants to see in Tavon Austin, and I think that he has a good chance of making the team if – he is healthy. We're not sure what the status on his injury is. It looked like something with his leg. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. But I think Urban Meyer likes what he sees there. Stock down, Jawan Taylor. He's allowed four pressures and about 37 pass snaps, I believe, during the preseason. It's looking a lot like it did last year. And last year he gave up the most pressure in the NFL of any offensive tackle. 
he just doesn't seem to be developing any consistency. It's a, it's a worrisome situation. It absolutely is. It absolutely is in a time where you have a franchise quarterback, a cornerstone, finally, for the first time in franchise history, the last thing you can do is let him get beat up back there. That's the last thing you can do. So if, if we can't get the job done, we got to find somebody who can. And like I said, it's just the inconsistency because you'll see reps where Jawan Taylor looks like he can be one of the most dominant offensive tackles in football. And then you see reps where guys just run right by him. But unfortunately, there's no in between, you know, and so that's a tough thing to, to swallow, a tough pill to swallow for a young guy, you know, who was a relatively high draft pick, someone that you hoped could really anchor this starting five, you know, really kind of pull it all together, but it's not working out right now. He's either got to get better or we've got to move on. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate the way it's looking. And I would say, oh, it's just preseason, but it's exactly what we saw last year. So pretty worrisome for me on the uh, right tackle front there. I'd be, if I was the Jaguars, I'd be open to anything to improving that right side, uh, especially at right tackle. Mitchell Schwartz need a physical. Uh, I know, right? Um, But yeah, sock up. We've talked a lot about Andre Sisco. I don't think we need to talk about him anymore, but his stock is up. I definitely think he's going to end up in the starting lineup sooner rather than later. But here's a guy I don't think a lot of people know about, Chappelle Russell, linebacker. Um, I think he's on the team. I think when you look at how the linebacker room is going to shake out, you've obviously got Miles Jack and Damian Wilson. You've got Shaq Quarterman, who's turned it on and the team really likes. I think after that, you've got Chappelle Russell. Between him, Dakota Allen, and Quincy Williams, Russell has been the most consistent of those three in the preseason and in practice. And I think he brings, I'm not going to say he's more athletic than Quincy Williams, but Quincy Williams has a whole bunch of other issues going on. He doesn't really know how to play linebacker. Between him and Dakota Allen, Russell is a much better athlete. I think he's a little more physical as well. And I just think he's a guy that's, coaching staff really likes i think he's gonna make i uh up until this point have never heard the name Chappelle russell i'll be 100 percent honest with you i've <laughs> never heard that name before and, and that's a tough pill to swallow uh you know if you know how much that i follow this team i've never heard that name i can bring up the most random names in jaguar history like lebron and tofield you know crap like that i've never heard Chappelle russell but uh i did see to go to allen make some plays on, on on the other night so yeah dakota allen got that big hit uh you know, on that on that rollout, he was able to disrupt that play. But Chappelle Russell's been very consistent. He's been making tackles. He's been good in coverage. I think that's a name to watch. So he's number 49. <laughs> Keep an eye on him. Preseason we week three. I'm sure we'll see a lot of Markoski. on uh, on Sunday. All right. So we talked about Gardner and CJ. I think the point here with the stock up, stock down is – you're seeing Gardner fall down, CJ rise up. Urban Meyer has now said it is an open competition for the number two spot on this roster at quarterback. So Gardner Minshew is has gone from rookie sensation to disappointment in year two to now maybe not even making the team here, not being the second string quarterback. Uh, Bethard. He looked pretty terrible in practice prior to the preseason, but he's just been unbelievable in, in preseason, and he is a gamer. So those are two guys you got to keep an eye on, and they're going to play a lot in the final preseason game. I'll yeah, as, as Jihad Ward refers to him, and I'm, as I'm sure that we all have back, you know, even in his college days, uh, Beat Hard has been a bright spot uh, on this offensive unit. And, you know, Gardner Minshew, man, it's tough because you've seen what he's been through. You've seen what he can do. He has a different dynamic to his game that C.J. Beathard doesn't have. Um, And C.J. Beathard has a dynamic to his game that Gardner Minshew doesn't have. But you can't deny the numbers. You can't deny the production. You can't deny what Gardner Minshew has done on the field. And he finds ways to win. He's a gamer. But this is a point in his career, a really important point in his career, where a challenge has been placed. This guy's here to take your job. This is the NFL. Nothing's guaranteed. Every year is something different. If, you know... Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins came out next year and completely just weren't themselves anymore. You know, they would be gone too. This is, you know, the NFL. What have you done for me lately? And so the the challenge has been placed and, and can Gardner Minshew step up to the challenge? You know, he wanted to fight for the number one job 
We all knew that wasn't going to happen, but this is legitimate. Hey, man, this guy's coming for your job. He He's coming to be the number two guy here in Jacksonville. And in a day and age where we usually only see two quarterbacks kept on the active roster week to week, there's not a lot of room for him to make mistakes. He's If he wants to be a part of this team, if he wants to continue to have a hope to start in the NFL, he can't get beat out by C.J. Beathard for the number two spot. Nobody's going to look at that and say, oh, that's a guy we can pick up right now and, and hope for us to win some games. Yeah, it's tough for Gardner. Massive fall from grace where we were even just a year ago with this guy. But um, I'm pulling for him. He gave us some great moments here. He's a hard worker. Urban Meyer loves him, loves his mentality, but he's just not getting the job done right now. Make sure to follow Jeremy on Twitter at Jeremy Markowski, myself at Jordan DeLugo, and of course, follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. Greatly helps us reach more Jags fans. We we really appreciate all the reviews uh, coming in there. Fantasy. A lot of people got fantasy drafts coming up. My big league is Monday. And uh, obviously, we're going to be looking at some Jags players here. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening are in leagues with a lot of other Jags fans. So it can be difficult, obviously, valuing or talking about how to value Jaguars players when you're playing with other people that want to get these guys uh, for obvious reasons. They're fans of them. But we're going to do our best here. Uh, for me in fantasy, it's all about value, you know, where you're getting these guys and volume. Uh, Trevor will probably be overdrafted in your home league if you're playing with Jaguars people, uh, Jaguars fans. For me, I'd be fine with taking him anywhere uh, between quarterback eight, quarterback 10, and that range. You can start looking at him. Obviously, I think that's a little bit higher than consensus. But if you're a Jaguar fan, you want Trevor Lawrence on your team. Once there's eight or so quarterbacks off the board, I think it's safe to start looking for him. Um, I, I think he's going to have a big season. I really do. He's got the legs. He's got the arm. He's got the talent around him. I don't think we've seen anything from this offense yet in terms of the play calling and tempo and all the stuff that you want to see. I I do think Trevor will be able to help you out a lot of weeks in this in this uh, 2021 fantasy With quarterbacks season. becoming more and more valuable in fantasy because of the way that the game is evolving – I don't think you can take a shot on a guy, take a take a take a chance on a guy that early. Now, Trevor Lawrence is hands down probably the best QB two. I think it doesn't matter where you're drafting. I think once you get through a full slew, you know, and you've got your starter, and you're looking for a guy to back up potentially, maybe to take uh, and stash for later in the year to see how things play out. I think that is a smart way to approach it. I don't think he. Um, you know, if you're in a standard 10 to 12 man league, I, I don't think he's inside. Maybe if you're in a 12 man league, he might be within a quarterback one range. But if you're in a 10 man league or, or smaller, I don't think he is. There's just too much unknown there. Um, you know, and and you know, you can't miss, especially with quarterback picks now, man. Some of these guys are putting up 25, 30 points a week. You know, running backs used to be king. Um, you know, certain receivers in PPR are king, but some of these quarterbacks are worthy of first, second round picks now. Mahomes, Rodgers, even Brady at times. So. You know, to, to to kind of take that into consideration, if you are waiting to draft a quarterback and you're one of those you know guys who you know still kind of takes an older approach to it, and you're waiting until round six, round seven to get a quarterback, I don't think you can take a shot and reach for Trevor there. If it doesn't pan out, you might be in a tough situation the rest of the season. Yeah, I think if you do take Trevor early, you want to take a safe guy at the very end, take two quarterbacks, because I will say. You can say what you want about the risk, but the potential reward with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you could be looking at a Justin Herbert type season. If you get that at QB 10, you're going to be feeling damn good. Uh, That's for sure. Uh, I probably won't get him in any of my leagues, my home leagues, just because there's a ton of Jags fans in them. And I'm sure someone's just going to overdraft him. And that's probably going to happen in your league too, if you're (laughs) playing with other Jags fans. Now, wide receiver is super interesting. Chark is currently the highest uh, drafted Jaguars receiver uh, with Visca second and Marvin Jones third. 
I would be very happy to let someone take DJ Chark and then potentially go get Visco or Jones a round or two later. Uh, Jones is significantly behind both of them. If I'm targeting one of them, it's Marvin Jones because of the value of where you're getting him and the rapport that him and Trevor have. But I think Visco is a good target as well. I would sell Chark where he's going right now just because he's injury history. He's injured right now. Uh, he doesn't have the rapport that Trevor is building with Visca and Marvin. So that's how I see the the wide receiver. 100% position agree. Here. And honestly, in my personal opinion, stay away from Jaguars receivers. Um, I, I think that Marvin Jones should be the number one. He was actually a guy that I picked up late in the draft. Like you said, he's ranked very, very low. If you guys go by the ADP or if you go by the X rank, depending on what format you're using, he's much lower than those two guys. And, and I think that he probably has the best chance out of the three to be the number one receiver in Jacksonville, just because of his, his veteran presence. Uh, you know, it just, he does things due to his experience in the league that some of these younger guys don't, I think Trevor's going to be able to latch onto him. He's going to be a safety valve. I think he's going to lead, lead, uh, lead the team and targets, um, and, and that's going to be something that, you know, you could definitely look at and use that as an advantage, especially in a PPR league. DJ Chark has the speed, has the big play ability, but like you said, injury prone, you know, we don't know if he's going to take a step forward this year. And if he doesn't, he's really just a middle of the pack guy. So stay away from Jaguars receivers altogether. But if you had to take one, it's definitely Marvin Jones. I, yeah, I won't say stay away from Visco or Marvin. I think they're both going to do really well uh, personally just because we've seen it already. And we've seen Marvin Jones especially, who, again, is the guy that's going last out of these three. We've seen him be a touchdown machine. We've seen him be a target machine. I think that he he could be a super value where he's going. And, uh, you know, again, if you're playing with Jags fans, let them take Chark and Visca. Take Jones last if you really want to get one of these Jags receivers. You could stack them up with Trevor Lawrence potentially. That could be very nice. Now, the biggest mover here that we've seen in a long time in Jacksonville from a fantasy perspective, James Robinson. You hate to see it with the injury of Travis Etienne, but this running back, he's now back into big-time fantasy relevance. I think he already was personally, but now he's got so much higher of a floor just because he's going to have more volume now with Travis Etienne not there. Uh, if you really want to take him in round one, I think you could, but I'm looking at a second or third round for James Robinson and uh, feeling really good about that. I think there's t- top 12 running back upside. I mean, this guy was a top five, six running back last year, I believe. Uh, and obviously he had all the volume in Jacksonville. Like he had the rushing share hands down. Nobody else got close to him. But I think the Jaguars will run the ball more this year. I think James Robinson is a great pick. In the yeah, he area. immediately vaulted back up to RB1 territory with the injury to uh, Travis Etienne. Now, I wasn't too sold on him losing that many carries in the first place. I know that um, you know the rankings and everybody you know preseason-wise bumped him down due to the addition of Etienne, but... I didn't really see ETN as a guy who's going to get a bunch of carries. You know, he's going to be definitely a change of pace back, definitely better in a PPR format if you wanted to look at anything. But I mean, James Robinson was still going to be the workhorse. He was probably at the very, you know, maybe maybe if you wanted to bump him down to low RB one before the injury, but now he's right back up there in, in the top five. I think a lot of guys are still going to overlook him, but I think he's a safe bet to go and get again. Like you said, I don't know if he's a first round pick, but second or third, absolutely. Um, you know, especially if it's a PPR format, you've got some guys out there who get a crazy uh, volume share at the wide receiver position that you can't pass up. But James Robinson, no doubt, is going to be a top 10, if not top five back. And if I recall correctly, he was actually number four last year. Um, so, so I mean, yeah, it, that he's might not going right. to the, the drop off. I think he's only got he can only go up from here. Like I said, his floor raises and he's going to get more carries. He's going to be more involved in the offense. There's not going to be an acclimation and, and, you know, kind of a, no, I want to say he came up pretty big in week one and we all kind of opened our eyes, but just think about him coming out after a, you know, a full off season of being the guy he's definitely going to have, I think a step up this year. Yeah. And again, some fantasy analysts are going to talk about how he will not get the 
rushing share of the Jaguars' backfield that he did last year? I think that's fair. But the Jaguars ran the ball the least amount of any team in football last year by a pretty wide margin. They're going to run the ball this year. They're going to regress to the mean in that category. And yeah, Robinson might not have the same uh, percentage of carries of the Jaguars' backfield, but they're going to have a lot more carries to go around, in my opinion. I think James Robinson is a big buy. I wouldn't blame anybody for taking him in the back half of round one. Now, tight end. I think you got to completely avoid it here. There's just not enough. You got Manhurts, who's primarily a blocker. He will catch some passes, but you got James O'Shaughnessy. I like James O'Shaughnessy, but you really don't. I mean, when you're talking about fantasy tight ends, you want bona fide pass catchers. O'Shaughnessy's a nice piece, but he's not that. Luke Farrell might be a guy that could end up being a starting type tight end, but I don't really see that either. I think you just avoid all of them. If you really want to go in on one of them in the last round of your draft, I guess you can. Yeah, but so I can't draft the Jaguars tight end because I'm still not quite sure if we actually have one. Um, so yeah, just, just stay away. <laughs> don't even attempt. Don't even look at it. I and mean, really, if we're talking about it, tight end is probably the weakest position in fantasy. Unless you're getting Kelsey, Kittle, um, you know, Kyle Pitts maybe and Waller, yeah, Waller. You know, you're really not getting anybody else. You're gonna get the same thing from everybody else, and the Jaguars fall all the way to the bottom of that list. So you know you you have your top three or four or five guys, and then everybody else, and then the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the dog goes with you too. Tell me somebody's here, or something, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, tight ends. That's right, we have none. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely I wouldn't be going after any of these guys. Uh, The defense is really interesting, right? Because obviously on paper you don't want the Jaguars' defense. But if you're a person that subscribes to the defense streaming strategy, if you want to stream a defense in week one, Jaguars versus Texans is not a terrible idea. That's probably the only matchup that I look at right now and say we have the upper hand. It's going to be something that you want to sit back and wait and see how things play out. Um, not a defense that I'm looking at initially, uh, probably definitely in, in the bottom five. But, you know, defenses are always on the waiver wire. You know, if we come out and play well and, and continue to do that, it could be a steal. But I wouldn't draft them early. If you do like to stream and you don't pick a defense at all, they probably got the juiciest week one matchup. I agree with there. Yeah, So, and I know a lot of people do that. I kind of... I'd, I'll always draft a defense, but if they're not, oh yeah, first done, first cuts easy. Um, like that, as soon as you score negative yeah, two, so, um, you're out of there. <laughs> yeah, so but if you do subscribe to just streaming, not a bad option week one, honestly. So uh, kicker can't advise you to draft Lambo with the uncertainty going on with him right now. Uh, I mean, uh, I wouldn't shy away from him just yet. Personally, same thing with kickers. I mean, you're going to find them everywhere. They're a dime a dozen. You know, he he's definitely lower on the rankings than most kickers right now, which still surprises me because, you know, he has been automatic, you know. So same thing. If you have a guy in mind that gets taken, take Lambo. Just see what happens. Week one, he has a bad week. Cool. Cut him and find somebody else. I guarantee you that, you know, the kicker's taken – there's going to be at least three or four kickers that aren't taken that are going to be probably top flight guys. It changes every year with kickers. Yeah, it does. Now, if you're looking to gear up for the season, we just restocked a few items. Our Duval throwback, probably the most popular shirt that we have, the Duval throwback teal shirt restocked. Got a limited supply of those over at ginjag.com. So uh, if you're interested in uh, gearing up, again, check it out at ginjag.com slash shop so this brings us to the jaguars preseason finale week three at dallas jerry world Uh, i have not caught the most recent episode of hard knocks yet but i'm sure that'll be interesting and the jaguars will end up appearing on hard knocks so that'll be fun to watch uh in a couple weeks for sure so the jaguars take on the cowboys this sunday August 29th at 1 p.m. Games on NFL Network. I'm sure it's on locally as well. Uh, Trevor's expected to play in this one. One last tune-up for Trevor. You want to try to see him lead a touchdown drive or two. Personally, I don't know if I'd be playing him this week. I, I get that you want to establish a little bit more, but he's your starter. 
I think you just go all in on week one at Houston, but I don't really blame him for trying to get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more experience, timing. All yeah, I agree. And I think the, the leash will be quick. The pool will be quick. You know, maybe a drive or two at most. I think if he comes out and drives the team down the field and we score, we're taking him out. Uh, you know, if things don't go right, the, the, the first series, maybe we'll give him another one, but this is what I want to see, you know, for, from Bevel and, and shoddy. And I want to see them come out with a script now, a full open playbook with a script to start the game. Let Trevor go through the script and then take him out. If, if we haven't seen anything after that. So, you know, usually guys, I don't know. I really don't know about the NFL, but usually you want to come in with like 20 plays scripted. Um, you know, if he drives down the field with, within that first drive, we're going to take him out, but open up the playbook. This isn't just the vanilla stuff anymore. You're only going to get a drive or two out of this. You obviously can't show everything because you don't have enough plays to do that. So go into this as if you're going into a regular season game. Come into that first drive if you're going to play Trevor and have a, a plan, a game plan for the Dallas Cowboys with a script and, and work through it and actually simulate the opening of the regular season. That's what I want to see. I want to see them go full speed ahead, at least for a drive or two, open everything up, don't hold anything back, and let's really see if this team is going to be able to move the ball or if we should be concerned going into the regular season. Yeah, I don't know if they'll script. I think they should. I agree with you. They're definitely going to game plan because they game planned last week a little bit. They already did some scout team stuff against the Cowboys uh, looks today. So I'd, I would hope they'll show a little bit more than they did last week and maybe try to come out and just go go at it for that first drive and really put it on display. But we'll see how it all shakes out there. Uh, one thing I'll tell you I don't want to see, I do not want to see Micah Parsons anywhere near oh, number 16 yeah. in uh, Teal. That man, he can play. Michael Parsons might be the defensive rookie of the year. If he, if, if you can find um, the odds on that and how, if you can find someone to take that money, I, I would go ahead and put it down. He's just an absolute flyer, man. Just a, a linebacker with that kind of speed, that kind of range, that kind of, of tackling ability is it, it just, it's, it's insane. He, he's complete. Jeez. He's got it all. Yeah. You really hoping you're not getting that much penetration from a linebacker. If you are, we've, we've got some serious issues up front, you know, He's going to be coming from distance, well, and, he might, and he might, but if, but if he's coming from distance, we got to pick that up. But yeah, like you said, highlight that guy. That's yeah. a guy where you get to the line of scrimmage and you know where number eleven is, and the defense knows where he's at. There's no, there's no, you know, secret there. Trevor, get up there, point him out. Eleven, right there. Everyone, look at him. Everyone, see where he's at. Good, block that man. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. He's scary as hell. So. uh I also wouldn't expect to see some guys here. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, Marvin Jones, Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell, Miles Jack, probably several others, including Josh Allen. Uh, these are guys that Urban Meyer kind of talked about as game-ready players. He thinks that they're all close to that status, and he thinks if you're game-ready, you do not need to play in the preseason. He, all those all those names popped up when he talked about the game-ready stuff. Linder and Norwell are obviously going through some injury stuff. Cam Robinson, we mentioned uh, that he missed last week with the ankle. He is practicing, and he looks 100%. So I, I don't know if he's going to play this week. I, I don't really care if he plays this week. I want the offensive line to be good to go week one uh, of the regular season, not week three of the preseason. You obviously want Trevor to be protected protected here but um yeah i think you're probably not going to see any yeah of i mean guys and linder mentioned. you know more than anybody else you just mentioned deserves it he's banged up he's working through injuries he's consistent we never see her talk about linder you know as being a questionable liability ever now the other guys i can't say that for and if they're healthy i think they should go if if, if there's nothing that's going to hold them back from going week one by playing this week they should go because we have not seen enough to feel comfortable and feel ready for week one. I, I just personally haven't seen that. So that goes for everybody. It goes for, for uh, Cam. It goes for Norwell. It goes for uh, Can and, and Taylor and, and everybody else. I know that Norwell, also a veteran, banged up, dealing with some stuff. So if it's going to you know prevent him from playing in week one, potentially sit him. But if not, everyone that needs to go or everyone that can go, I think still needs to go. You haven't seen enough, at least from my perspective, in this preseason to say, yeah, that guy's that guy's game ready. We're ready. You know, I, I can give him two weeks off, and we'll come out week one and be right back where we left off. Yeah, I feel that if they're one hundred percent, I'm with you. Um, 
it's going to be fascinating at the second half of this game because there's going to be guys fighting for their livelihood. Final cuts are coming on Tuesday. Teams got to get down from 80 to 53, 27 spots gone just like that. Now, a lot of them will be able to, you know, revert to the practice squad or get signed somewhere else. So you do have that 16 practice squad spots in 2021. That's fortunate. So you really could potentially only lose about a dozen guys uh, if you're able to get a bunch of them back on your practice squad. And it's good for the guys, good for the team, if they if they can keep a lot of these guys around here. But there's going to be big battles. Wide receiver, I mean, this is a room we've been talking about for months and weeks and months. And uh, you're going to have Tavon Austin, Jalen Camp, Pharaoh Cooper, Jeff Cotton, I don't really think Philip Dorsett's on the roster bubble, even though he should be. But Josh Hammond, Colin Johnson, I mean, he is not locked in, I don't think. I think he should be, but I'm not sure that he is. And Laquan Treadwell, all those guys are going to be fighting for roster spots at receiver. It's unbelievable how many guys yeah, I just said. The wide receiver room spots. is deep, and I, I already know that I'm going to be probably infuriated with how it shapes out. But like you mentioned, with the 16 spots on the practice squad and the NFL allowing veterans to take up a practice uh practice squad spot um especially you know due to COVID stuff like that you have a little bit more you have I believe it's okay four veterans. veterans you have a little bit more flexibility now you know it, it i would you know yeah. guys like tavon austin okay i get it i get i get what you see in him put him on the practice squad nobody's coming to take tavon austin from you he's been out there for how long now and how long into the preseason no one's itching to steal him from you so you know maybe use some of that ability to to kind of Maneuver guys back and forth as you see fit can definitely, you know, kind of extend your wide receiver room uh, and, and allow you to keep some of those guys and, and not cut them loose. But, I mean, the guys that are on that active roster need to be guys that you've seen play that, that, that you know, have the upside that haven't, I don't want to say been washed out of the NFL, but haven't been washed out of the NFL. You know, Colin Johnson, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Unless he has been dreadful in practice, which I haven't heard. He hasn't been dreadful in the preseason. He wasn't dreadful last year. They haven't been trying to progress him at all. I think that I don't know if it's just the skill set that they're not pleased with, but he's six six for Christ's sakes. How many wide receivers do you have yeah. that can move with that size? You know, he, he's not a bulky guy. He's not a boxy guy. He's you know pretty slim for six six, and he looks like he can go up and get the ball. I don't understand why he's not considered a lock for this roster. I really don't. Well, and maybe it doesn't seem like it. I mean, it just seems like based on what we've seen that it does that it's that's not the case. But maybe it is, and uh, it is six veterans uh, that are allowed to be kept on the practice squad. You can protect four players each week. You can pull up two players on game day from your practice squad without having to remove anyone else from your roster. So there are some flexible rules there. I agree with you. The Jaguars should make use of. Okay, if we waive this guy, are we going to be able to get him back? on the practice squad. They need to make sure they're paying attention to that. Um, some other battles. I don't really think tight ends a battle at this point. I think it's Manhurts, O'Shaughnessy and Farrell. I think Ellipson and Davis are both practice squad candidates. I do think safety is going to be another fascinating one. You've got, um, I think Josh Jones, Daniel Thomas, Jared Wilson, Andrew Wingard are fighting for, Probably yeah, and spot. it's tough. It almost looks like the wide receiver room, except for it's a little bit less transparent. I mean, all of these guys have shown the ability, at least in my opinion, to, to make plays in one way or another. Wingard, I think, is, is unfortunately my odd guy out, but he brings a lot to special teams. You know, he he's a headhunter. He's, he's going to go down the field and, and make plays, maybe a liability on defense, but you need those special team guys. But again, 16 spots in the practice squad, like you mentioned, cuts that number down. Uh, you know, from 80 to 64, uh, and then there's just 11 more spots uh, that need to be cleared. So some of these guys are going to have the benefit of being able, like you said, to be cut, clear waivers, and stay on the practice squad. Yeah, for sure. Linebacker, there's going to be a battle. We kind of mentioned it. I think Quincy Williams, Chappelle Russell, Dakota Allen, probably all competing for one spot, maybe two, but I think one. Uh, just because I, the Jaguars are going to play a lot of those safeties up in the box. I don't think they want to have as many linebackers on the roster. 
Uh, again, watch out for Chappelle Russell, number 49 out of Temple, two years in the league. He's my pick to, to make that linebacker spot. Up front on defense, my goodness. A um, lot of guys fighting for spots here. I think there's a lot of spots already locked in, but Doug Coston, Daniel Ekuale, Taven Bryan, I think they're all fighting for one spot potentially. On the outside, does Adam Gotsis make it? Do you have enough room? I think you have to keep a guy like that with his skill set. But Laurenti McCray, he's been around here for a long time as a special teamer and a reserve edge rusher. I'm not sure there's room for him. Aaron Patrick, he's balled out during preseason. The kid got a pick six today uh, in practice. I don't know. Is there room for him? Uh, so that's going to be a big yeah, time battle Yeah, when you get down to these fringe well. decisions, it, it all kind of boils down to who has what skill set and do we have duplicates of it? Like I said, Adam Gotsis is a guy who I think has a, a much different skill set than Lorenzi McRae and, and some of the other guys we have on the roster. He's a big-bodied, strong side end, not really a bender. Um, so, you know, you, I think you have to have one of those guys there as well. But that holds his spot. Taven Bryan is kind of a tweener, but you know we we haven't seen much from him. And when you've got a guy like Gatsas, who I think also can be a tweener if you need him to move inside, can do that. You know that 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 leaves an odd man out, and and Definitely. you know he is a veteran. Uh, you know he's shown it before, and and that's not something you can say about Taven Bryan. So when you start getting to like I said to the fringe cuts, stuff like that comes into play, and and that's where I think you get some of these decisions. So we won't have duplicates of guys, and I think that goes across the board. You know for the wide receiver room as well. You find that speed gadget guy, you only keep one, you know, and and, and it's going to say this, the linebackers, same yeah. thing. Who's your thumper? Good. We got one of those. Um, you know, we got a guy who can range sideline to sideline, hash to hash. Good. That's probably, in my opinion, Quincy uh, Williams is a guy who, who has the speed to do that, um, you know, and, and that's, a tough, that's a tough question. So. You know, that, that's something you got you to look into for sure. But, you know, the, the point is you're going to find a guy who fits – or multiple guys who who fit the certain skill sets that you need. And then, again, no duplicates. Everyone else, unfortunately, is just not going to make the cut. Yeah, and then finally, the last position where I think there is a lot of competition for one spot is corner. Um, Brandon Rusnak, formerly Brandon Watson, Corey Strotter, who's a rookie, undrafted free agent out of Louisiana Monroe that they liked. and then um, And then you've also got... Yeah, and Chris Claybrooks, who was a rookie last year, seventh-round pick. Um, if I'm looking at these guys, you talked about it. Which one of them has a skill set you can't teach that you can't match on this team? It's Chris Claybrooks. He's the fastest man on the team. I think it's pretty easy to say that. He's my guy for that for that final spot. In the yeah, so it's tough room. for Claybrooks you because – you've got a guy in Jamal Agnew who is going to be your return specialist. Yeah, Chris Claybrooks has the speed, but again, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to be our return guy. He's just not. Now, I think the cornerback position is, is a little bit more set in stone. You've got your top four guys. You've got Shaq. You've got CJ. You've got top, top oh, I've got Shaq. i got CJ. i got Herndon, and i got Campbell. Those are my not, you know, can't cut, can't miss guys. Who's your fifth? Sidney Jones. Okay, yeah. Sydney I'll give Sidney Jones, Jones the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a, a non, you know, can't cut guy. He's athletic. He's got speed. He's got good good coverage skills. So that's five. Are you going to keep – yeah, right. Are you, well, are you going to keep that extra guy from the safety room? Wingard, you know, adds a special teams dynamic that Claybrooks doesn't add. Claybrooks has that speed, that returnability, but you've got Jamal Agnew in the wide receiver room who fills that hole. So do you keep Wingard as a gunner? Uh, you know, on on punt and, and on kickoff and stuff like that, he might. I don't know if Claybrooks has the ability to go down and make tackles. I have, we haven't seen that from him. So it, I, I really don't know who's going to fill that last that, that last DB spot if they do choose to keep it from the cornerback room. But you did mention those five right there, CJ, Shaq, Herndon, Campbell, and Jones, and, and those are set in stone. They may keep just five. I mean, some of those guys on, on that on that you just mentioned that are yeah, on that fringe awesome. for, for cornerbacks – None of those are, are can't miss guys, in my opinion. Clay Brooks would be the only one because of his speed, but we've got somebody else who fills that that need. So, uh, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I do like. I mean, I don't think any one of those three corners, Rusnak, Strader, or Clay Brooks, is like ready to be a starter, or ready to contribute a lot. But Clay Brooks does have experience uh, because of you know injuries and 
he plays feisty. I kind of like the way he plays football. So I, I would keep him. I like him, but I, I could see it going any number of ways there. And part of the problem here for the Jaguars at corner is you've got Trey Herndon taking a roster spot. You can't put him on IR because if you put him on IR right now, he's out for the season. You have to wait till you cut the roster down to 53 if you need to put him on IR and bring him back. So that that makes it a little tough too. You're keeping a guy right now that's currently injured. He has the MCL sprain, so he could be out, uh, you know, well into the start of the regular season. But he's still taking up it's a roster gonna spot be, at this time. You know, something the Jaguars could look at maneuvering that that practice squad eligibility. Cut a guy, let him clear, bring him to the practice squad, put Herndon on the IR, designate to return, and bring that guy up. So I definitely think that right. in that group. Because there are so many of those guys, you might get at least one or two that do clear waivers and you know allow that flexibility. So I'm not too concerned with that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the roster for you pretty much, unless there's any moves that they make at the end. I guess we didn't look at running back. Uh, you've got Robinson, Carlos Hyde locked in, Travis Etienne on IR. So you're probably looking at, do they keep – four running backs, I think they're going to end up only keeping three and trying to stash one. So you've got a Zigbo and a Goomba Wale there. Uh, I would keep a Goomba Wale because he's an excellent pass catcher and special team. That would team, be my thought I as like well. I mean, Zigbo is definitely not as quick, uh, and I think is more of, of a power back, which you have in both Robinson and Hyde. So I think a Goomba Wale, because of his pass catching skills, um, he separates himself from the other two. Yeah, I'm with you there. So that's going to do it for the show. You got any other final? No, man, that's notes, it for me. Just hopefully we can get see something here. to improve on and, and be impressed with come Sunday. Yeah, and you know if if the offense looks how it has looked, don't panic. You want to see more, but as long as Trevor Lawrence continues to develop, and like I said at the beginning of the show, he showed a lot of progress upstairs and week two of the preseason. As long as he continues to progress and not make terrible mistakes, which he hasn't really made a ton of mistakes to this point, you should be happy going into the regular season. And, of course, you want to get out of this game unscathed, no major injuries, um, and uh, just go into the start of the regular season as yeah, healthy as that, you that's, possibly can. That's injury. goal number one. Let's get out. Let's get healthy. Let's get ready for week one. Let's take it to Houston. Yep. Well, that, that'll do it for the show. Like I said, shout out to Bold City Brewery, one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Duval, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Hope the Jags can go pull out a victory for you Sunday, make you feel some hope heading in to the regular season. Week one matchup where the Jaguars are favored on the road in Houston by three points. Have a good one, Duval.